champions. Kylian O'Connor somehow managed to get the ball into the back of the net. It's Galway's day. They'll be celebrating here as the mass invasion of Galway fans, the maroon and white, swarms on to Croke Park. Big Keegan, goal! What a touch of Shane Walsh, and he has swung the ball over the bar. And you're very welcome to episode 48 of the Advertiser GA podcast. We're looking at all things Galway GA this week. In this episode, I'm joined as usual here by Keen O'Connell from the Galway Advertiser there in Air Square, looking out upon the, the masses getting about their lives in the Galway City Centre on a Friday morning. Keen, a pleasure to have you with us as always. Good to talk, uh, GA column. It is, and uh, thanks so much for everyone for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share, and do all that good stuff for us, so we can uh, people know we're out there and about, and we get everyone as many people as we can listen to us. Uh, it's another busy weekend on the GA scene for uh, Galway Keane. No football this weekend to, to say with the seniors having a week off, but it's all about hurling. And there's a uh, one game that everyone's talking about this weekend. It's uh, Galway are heading down to Limerick, down to the Gaelic grounds on a Saturday evening for a massive game with the Iron Champions. It's going to be a big one for Henry Shefflin to try and lay down a marker to show that this Galway team are back and are serious contenders. Big win against Offaly last weekend. Limerick could be a bit hurt after getting beaten by Wexford in their opening games, but it's going to be, it's got all the makings of a classic encounter. Yeah, no, a really intriguing game column and you're only two months out from the, from the start of the Leinster and Munster Championship. So uh, the for Galway, performed very well against uh, against Offaly and he had, he had a number of immersion players in, in the Galway panel uh, fared quite well but realistically you're going down to, to play against uh, Limerick, the reigning All-Ireland champions, a brilliant team, a really consistent team and considering Limerick lost away to, to Wexford last weekend I'm sure Limerick will really be primed to deliver a performance on, on home turf so it'll be a really uh, good test for Galway and it's going to be a revealing game uh, for, for Galway considering the, the, the players that uh, Henry Shefflin is trying to integrate into the team at the moment so uh, yeah no, there's plenty to ponder and it should be a, a very interesting match and I suppose Limerick uh, you know the, the league is, means nothing to them. They're like they are the best team we've seen in the last decade. We've seen that win the Irelands and stuff like. But for Galway, getting a win, getting a second win, and getting one over Nimerick, what you said, how close championship is coming. You know, it'll give them that sort of confidence that they can drive on and hit the Leinster championship running and have maybe a crack at winning this league. Yeah, no, definitely. And like in fairness to to Limerick under John Kiley's stewardship, they've really been uh, they they've 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 embraced every competition. They try to win everything that that they're in, and that they like obviously the the depth of their panel over the last number of years has been uh, well documented and discussed. Uh, but in in saying that, it, they they have a, a number of injuries uh, in 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 the last while, and maybe that 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 will affect them. Now they've dealt with that. Uh, they've dealt with injuries, and that like last year uh, was a perfect illustration of that at, at various times. And they were without key players, but for for Galway, it's it's an important game, as you said, to maybe to to, to make a statement to, to to just to show that 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 Galway can operate at the at the highest level. It was disappointing at Championship last year, even though uh, if you cast your mind back to it, the league Galway had some good results, including one against Limerick uh, at Pier Stadium. Now the only thing is, and it's a caveat that you have to add into it into the equation, is that a lot of those games were, were behind closed doors. There were different uh, types of matches than, than Saturday evening in, in the Gaelic grounds where I'm sure you'll have a, have a good crowd. Limerick have been well supported in, in recent years uh, when they're going well and 
definitely at the moment there's there's a real interest about about this Galway team uh, coincides of course with uh, Henry Shefflin's arrival as manager and the fact that uh, the new players are, are being afforded opportunities that was inevitable considering the the retirements of the likes of Aidan Hart and, and, and Joe Canning, it, it, it was always going to be the case that that other players were, were going to get a chance. But right now, for, for a lot of the Galway players, it's a, it's a hectic schedule between Fitzgibbon and and between the, the Allianz Hurling League. But in saying that, it's a great... Uh, it's a great stage in which to to, to demonstrate uh, your talent and a game against Limerick, televised match Saturday evening, go crowd. It's uh, Limerick surely will be eager to to respond after the the loss against uh, Wexford. So yeah, no, it's 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 all set up to be just a game that uh, that Galway can can take something out of that they're going to learn something about themselves that they've trained uh, they've trained well uh, by all accounts in in the last couple of months. Big numbers in in the panel uh, initially under Henry. Shefflin, he's keen to to see exactly what's up, what's on the ground in Galway. Of course, he'll know the the established players that are there, and even you, you could you could say that this week uh, Galway, if you look at the panel that's that's been named, the twenty six that's been named, the St Thomas's players back into the into the twenty six. You have Aina Burke starting, and then on the on the substitutes list, you have the likes of David Burke and and Connor Cooney too. Uh, Finton Burke as well. So they, like you, they they Aina Burke did come on against against Offaly, but the other players good players for Galway for for a number of years so all of a sudden the 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 options and the 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 amount of options that uh, Henry Shefflin seems to have uh, is increasing and that's only a positive going forward because as we know uh, in the the round robin championship format that's going to return this year you need a massive panel you're going to have a lot of games in a, in a quick uh, space of time so it's really important that Galway find and uh, afford players opportunities in the league to ensure that the that the depth is is there for for the, for the, for for April and May and June hopefully I see a number of changes there from the team that started against uh... Off you like, you know, you'd have a night in there, hit one six was a quite impressive showing for him. And then you've also like, so I think it was a John Fleming got one two off the bench, and Don O'Shea got one one off the bench. Like, that's some uh, good firepower that they brought on in scoring returns in that game. Yeah, and I think I think it's it, it, you're looking at the twenty six as some of those players uh, aren't in in the twenty six, mm. but I, I think that's clearly just because of the 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 Fitzgibbon uh, campaign that that's unfolding, and a lot of these players have played a, a huge volume of games, really, considering we're only in the the second week of February, and they've played between Walsh Cup between. Allianz Hurling League last weekend and uh, a number of Fitzgibbon games and of course you have uh, next week's uh, game between uh, NUIG and GMIT at the penultimate stage of, of the Fitzgibbon so I think that's this is good it's a good policy from uh, from from Henry Shefflin and his management team you don't want players to be overexposed they've shown what they can do uh, uh, in 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 the Fitzgibbon and in the in in, in the uh, Allianz League last weekend but nonetheless it, it it's good that other guys are, are getting opportunities too so uh, you know I think that's that's just good it's good work it's something that John Kiley is, is, is adopting also in fairness to him with, with Limerick you don't want to overextend uh, players at this time of the year because realistically it's in April and, and May when the when the championship is going to be at, at, at full tilt in, in Leinster and Munster that's when you need the players so it's a uh, I think it's, it's just it's just clever uh, it's clever work because you want to give as many guys chances Galway played more than 40 players in in, in the in the three Walsh Cup matches that they have so that's a uh, that's that shows uh, that Henry Shefflin is, is is keen to give uh, give lots of players chances, and it seems that policy is continuing in the league, and that's a good thing. Yeah, because it'd be very tempting for a guy who's especially a new manager in the county to try and stick with what he might feel is the best 15, 20 lads. 
but he's shaken it up and he's willing to let these lads go back and play hurling with their Fitzgibbons and rest up and you know because the Fitzgibbon is such an important competition to these guys as well but like you know, it's, all, it's, it's also giving the lads a chance to come in and uh, you know make their mark make their mark on the team and lay down a marker yeah absolutely and Henry Shefflin was asked about this uh, after last Sunday's game against Offaly and he said he knew the the value uh, of of the Fitzgibbon Cup that he played in it of course uh, if you remember him playing with Waterford IT uh, uh, a while ago and he just gives players uh, uh, an opportunity because not every player might graduate from playing county minor straight into a senior setup and like the Fitzgibbon is a really high quality competition and it always has been so it's it's uh, definitely provided uh, a stage for for players to, to demonstrate their their talent and I think it's just it's just a, it's a good thing to do right now considering you're going to have NUIG and GMIT next week and those players have have, have been in excellent form it's, it's clear that they're going well but there's, there's yeah. no point in overdoing it with them either and that it's just it's just a good thing and in it also offers other players uh, chances column and that's important also yeah and I suppose we might as well stick with the hurling look at that Fitzgibbon Cup like so it's a phenomenal achievement for hurling in Galway to have I know obviously the college teams aren't just made up of Galway players but like you know to have the two colleges in Galway Competing in a Fitzgibbon Cup final is a phenomenal achievement. You there had NUIG bet uh, Warfry T one twenty two to two thirteen and Dangle in their semi final, while uh, GMIT bet the Technical University Shannon Midwest. I think that's what they're called these days. One nineteen to one twelve in the in, in the in their in their game. You know, like it's a phenomenal achievement for for it. And as we said, the likes of uh, like uh, the likes of Evan Island who got one six. So the last he hit fourteen points for NUIG in their win. Like you know, it's a phenomenal phenomenal achievement. Yeah, no, it is, and it's it's only the semi final. They won just won the quarter final. Oh, sorry, so yeah, there's, there's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just a semi final. Yeah, so uh, the, that it's really, it's really, really good achievement. GMIT hugely impressive against uh, TUS Mid- Midwest, and like Kevin Cooney scored eleven points four from play. Uh, you've other good players there that have have, have featured uh, for for Galway at underage level, and good players from Galway, the likes of Donald Mannion. Sean McDonough, uh, Paddy uh, uh, Commons, who had a, a brilliant uh, uh, piece of skill leading up to AJ Willis's goal. AJ Willis from uh, Port Rue in, in Tipperary, uh, like a, worth checking out in social media. Delicious flick, Keen Lynch esque. And then for NUIG, who of course have Keen, Keen Lynch, and he just gives that bit of leadership alongside. Uh, the, the 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 emerging talent that that Galway has, the Connor Walsh's players like that who were who were John Fleming of course as as you mentioned Evan Nyland who who has been involved at senior intercounty level for a couple of years but it's it's a really really good blend that that uh, that that uh, NUIG have it and GMIT too brilliant to see them back competing at, at this level first semi final appearance maybe in fifteen years or so and it's just it's just it's really really good for for Galway and it's something I, I know last week we spoke to Paul. You, uh, the Galway uh, GA chairman, and the, 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 I suppose the the transition, uh, and it's a, I suppose it's a it's a it's an often used word in, in sport that the transition from going from minor under twenty one to, to to senior level, and something that maybe Galway haven't always carried out brilliantly, just for a variety of reasons. It's hard maybe when 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 you win all Ireland minors to to get as many players as you can through, and obviously you you already have a strong uh, senior panel as is, so it's just good that. That uh, uh, more and more players from from Galway are being exposed to playing at this level, and it's also important too, Colm, that they're playing with NUIG and GMIT because if you're going back maybe a decade or two, 
a lot of Galway players would have been playing with with the likes of a, of a UL uh, in Ireland and LIT. So it's it's brilliant that they're playing for for the NUIG and GMIT, and the people can go to see them. You've had big crowds at, at those games, or in Dangan and Carmore, and uh, like by all accounts, next week's game uh, in at the semi final stage is is likely to be at Pier Stadium. But that hasn't been confirmed officially yet. But there's a suggestion that that game will be in Pier Stadium. It'll attract a big crowd. Uh, and oh, yeah. the best of, of young talent in Galway playing in it. Yeah, because if you look through the team list, you're probably looking maybe at least 12 starters from each team from our Galway hurlers. Like, you know, that's a phenomenal amount of, you say, young lads, mostly under the age of 24, playing at such a high level. Like, you know, we obviously know Galway have had much success at minor level, not as much at 20s level or 21s that they should have probably had. But like, you know, these guys are stepping up and playing against the best, the best at their age. And like, you know, you're having the guts of like 30 lads from Galway hurling at that level is phenomenal for the progress and potential progress in the county. Yeah, at every level too, Colin, because of course the Galway senior intercounty team will benefit. You'd hope that the 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 twenties later in the year, a lot of these players getting getting chances. But it'll also trickle down to to the club game, and that's that's yeah. brilliant that you've you've players going back to their clubs, haven't played in a in an extended Fitzgibbon campaign, not just one match in, in playing in the Fitzgibbon, and your year is over. But they've had their group matches, they've had the knockout uh, stage matches, and now they're going to play uh, against. Uh, against GMIT or against NUIG, whichever way you're looking at it. And they're, they're going to play in a high stakes match with a lot on the line. And whoever wins gets to play another big match in, in a Fitzgibbon Cup final. So that only bodes well for, for Galway from from a underage perspective, from senior intercounty and into the club game. And that's that's key. And the clubs deserve uh, great, great credit. And it's brilliant to see so many clubs represented. It's not just one or two clubs dominating the agenda. You have like yeah. several clubs uh, who have players in either panel. And that's just, it's just good in, in, in so many ways. Now, I suppose we might stick with the third level before we get on to the football, because in the third level, NUIG moving well, 18 points to 15 win there over the Munster Technical University from Kerry and, you know, a very, very heavy influence of guys' names we would recognise from Galway, likes of Tom O'Callaghan, likes of uh, Matthew Tierney, Paul Kelly, Sean Kelly, Kyle Sweeney, like, you know, Gavin Burke, like they're uh, putting some show on this NUIG team. Absolutely, and they're, they've shown great resilience to, to, to reach a, the Sigerson Cup final. Uh, they're going to play UL in uh, IT Carlo next uh, Wednesday evening, a star-studded UL team, but Mara Sheridan, and we've said this before, what he's done for for uh, football in NUIG, it deserves the, the utmost respect because... It wasn't in a great place for a long it, time. No, it, it had drifted. And I can remember Mara Sheridan playing himself in, in the late 90s in, in really uh, memorable Sigerson matches in, in Dangan when they were playing the likes of... Jordanstown and just games that stick out in the memory as a, as a, as a young boy going to watch the Sigerson uh, and Mara Sheridan was was a, was a good player at that time for Mayo a senior into county player but a mm. great great Sigerson player so he knows the the value and importance of it too but in the last maybe five or six years NUIG's really driven back has been yeah really they're competitive they're competitive at the highest level they drifted maybe to division two in the league for a while and that was a, a, a clear sign that things weren't going well but slowly but surely they, they've built it back up and as you said so relevant that you have a lot of players from from from, from the western region playing for for nuig and yeah. they've 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 suffered really uh, damaging losses throughout the campaign Sean O'Mulkeeran and uh, Tommy Conroy of course both suffering serious uh, knee injuries that ruled them out for a considerable amount of time and 
despite those losses, NUIG have still found a way to to survive, and it's it's been brilliant to win the, the game that they they won in in, in Limerick there on uh, on on uh, against MTU Kerry. They were leading by five points. Uh, MTU Kerry got back extra time as, art, as IT really five late points to force extra time. You think they have the momentum, but in fairness to to NUIG, they remain composed and they they did they did their business in in really impressive fashion, carried it out really in, in, in impressive fashion in, in, in extra time. And Matthew Tierney, outstanding. Tom O'Callaghan getting important points. Gavin Burke coming forward. Tony Gill. So you have loads of emerging talent in, in Galway. Brilliant again that they're, they're getting another chance to play against uh, UL, who feature two Galway players, uh, goalkeeper Conor Flaherty and Jack Lane, who uh, is also from Clare Galway, uh, in, the, in the Galway panel uh, at the moment too. So really, really intriguing uh, Sigerson Cup uh, final next week for 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 uh, UC or NUIG who haven't won the competition since uh, 2003, Colin. And this is to be the fir- one of the first times year we'd have to split our support cross by I'll be going for my UL Wolves, you'll be going for your NUIG. I don't know what they're called. I think, don't think they have UCG. Taken I call them still UCG. UCG I call them. Yeah. Either, uh, either, no either, the Wolves, I, the, the Wolves weren't there in my day back in Emmerich, but that, that's their own <laughs> house. Anyway, as UL Wolves, but I have, to, I have to pin my colours to the mass on that one. We'll have to stay away from each other next week to see how that game goes out. <laughs> Oh, we will. I know it's the Sigerson just so it's always I can remember in the old Pier Stadium, 92, uh, the Sigerson weekend in Galway at that time. And uh, that's that that remains in my mind at 1992 in, in the old Pier Stadium, UCG winning it the previous day, the semi-finals. I remember James McCartan, the current down manager, playing yeah. for Queens. He nearly broke the he nearly broke the post in the in the prairie uh, with a with a rocket of a shot. I, I never saw a shot hit with such venom. It just sticks in my mind uh, like that 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 weekend, but UCG won that at the time. Tony Horse Regan uh, heavily involved, and a lot of those players would have went on to to win uh, the All Ireland with Galway in, in 1998. So uh, it really is a, it's really important that uh, you have players from from the region, and uh, I can't stress enough how uh, how impressive a job that uh, Mara Sheridan has done. Because as we look through the team, it's like you know we have a couple from Roscommon, a few from Mayo, and a few from Galway, and some a Sligo lad here. Or there, it is very much a Connacht team. Like it is very much a Connacht team. It's not you know it's not like you know. Because we went to bet Tralee or whatever they're called now, MTU Kerry in the semi final. But like once one time, they were the the Tralee IT team were like the star studded team dragged from everywhere. Then you deep the likes of DCU dragged from everywhere. Like you know that this is very much a regional team. Yeah, and that's that's a it's a crucial thing. And look at maybe the template that UCC have established uh, yeah. down south for a long time, where they would have had a lot of Kerry players coming in, playing alongside Cork uh, underage players. Of course, you're going to have players from from elsewhere in the country, and that's great, and that that's no problem. But as you said, I think it's it's a. Uh, it's vital for 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 Galway, for Mayo, for Roscommon going forward. The more players that they have in in the Western Region, the better it is for all concerned. There's less travel time involved for, let's say, players who are playing with on the Mayo or Roscommon senior panels. It's only an hour down yeah. the road to when, if they want to go training. It's 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 just it's just it's just good for for everyone concerned. And uh, no, it's 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 important now that uh, considering the solid foundation that's been established that 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 uh, NUIG and GMIT can push on f- from this and that they they remain relevant uh, at the highest level because that's where they're trading at uh, this year that's where they've traded at NUIG and Bocos for a couple of years but just really really good work uh, being carried out on the ground and it's it's just good for the long-term development of uh, Gaelic games in 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 the west and it's all down to mailman in Galway again as per usual isn't that the way it works <laughs> well 
if uh, John O'Mahony brought Galway All-Ireland success and uh, hopefully Myra Sheridan, even though uh, Saul Taylor would have a significant claim uh, on him at, uh, for, for the work that he's done uh, throughout the years, winning an All-Ireland club, captain and them to an All-Ireland club. So, uh, yeah, there, there's, a, there's, ba- there's always going to be a, there's always going to be a Mayo influence, Colin. We'll, we'll, we'll put it that way. He's a bad man forever and it always will be. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as, we, as we stick with the football, uh, it's a week off for Porrick Joyce and his uh, brains trust now to try and you know, sit down and look back at the first block of two games in the league. In the league. Two wins from two, couldn't ask for a better start, you know, so, and he'd be, he'd be happy the way it started, but now he's be able to probably sit down and reassess and see, right, take on the next block of three or four games as a challenge and plan for that. Yeah, no, and uh, of course, it's and it's something that you'd be well aware of the the fact that the, with the Sigerson ongoing, it's it's a it's a really it's a really is a juggling act for for senior intercounty managers. But Porrick Joyce, uh, similar to Henry Shefflin, he's he's uh, he had a decorated career at a, at at at, at, a, at a third level with IT Tralee himself. Runners Tralee so boys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he was uh, he 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 really uh, like. Uh, flair to prominence at that time both with Galway and, and with IT Tralee so uh, the, like obviously you're going to have another uh, the, like Galway will be impacted somewhat yeah. for, with the preparations for, for, for the Offaly game but nonetheless they, they've done a really good job uh, Galway to start the year uh, in impressive fashion four points on the board, a home game against Offaly. That will be tricky. I know Offaly have lost their, their, their first two games, but it's it's it's, it's uh, crucial that Galway remain as focused and uh, as diligent as they have been in, 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 in the matches against Meath and Down. And when Down began to pose some questions after has, after halftime last Saturday night, Galway were able to found, uh, were able to find the answers to finish quite strongly and, and won in convincing fashion. So four points from four is a, is a great start. If, if Galway can turn that into six points from from six next week then they really are in with a with a with a brilliant uh, shot at promotion and that has to be the the ambition for Galway we said before this the start of the league you're looking at a situation where five wins should be enough to 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 secure division one status for for next year Galway yeah. have two and now they have five matches to get the other three wins uh which should be enough to to, to get them uh back into the top tier but it's kind of like I uh, maybe we I don't know if looking in that maybe the say like like so down me and Offaly might probably be the three weakest teams in the division that once this Offaly game is over it probably is the real stuff really, really starts would that be a fair enough assessment? Uh, ish, but you, like I think that in division two and three column, my take on it would be that uh, things can change quickly, and I wasn't surprised that Meath had a had a defiant response against Roscommon, uh, and uh, like the, every team is going to want to to get points on the board. So there's like the, the implications are severe at the moment when you're looking at the, the, the new backdoor format that's going to be implemented in the, in the 2022 championship. So no team wants to get, no team wants to get relegated anyway, but it's particularly yeah. uh, relevant to, to this year, because if you drop out of it, once you're out of the provincial championship, you're out, of, you're out of the, you're out of the, you're out of the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship. So the, the consequences of relegation are drastic uh, in division two. So I, I, I would think that, the games will remain very, very hard fought. It's good that Galway have have have, have put points on the board, but down and awfully, uh, I will take points. I think if if you're asking me that, I think they will take points somewhere along the line. So uh, while Galway did what they they needed to do. Uh, I, I don't think that there's any game in, in, in this league that could be uh, classed as, as as particularly easy or anything. I don't think that that's the case. And, and the fact that Offaly have lost their two games means that they will come to Pierce Stadium intent yeah. on, uh, on, on, on getting points because they need them. 
Yeah, I suppose we just do. We'll probably look back this maybe next week, but we might just give a shout out as well that on Saturday we have the Connacht College's A final. I suppose it's the big one in schools football. You've the grand old school of uh, college football, St. Jared's, you not know, against St. Coleman's from Claire Morris, and uh, what promise to be a, a, a really intriguing final in Tume Stadium. Yeah, and it's it's something another area where where Galway maybe had uh, had drifted a bit. Either the record uh, Galway colleges as uh, hasn't been great in in, in the Connacht colleges for the last uh, last decade six or so. To, last six have gone to Mayo, um, the Mayo, Mayo Sligo and Roscommon schools, and then the Coleman's were trying to make it six yeah, six consecutive titles for Mayo schools in that competition. Yeah, and, and yet, like you've had the emergence of Sligo colleges, mm. Summerhill and Attractors went quite well for, for a while. So yeah, no, for Far St. Charlotte's, considering the tradition they have and the 12 Hogan Cups uh, that, they, that they've secured down throughout the years. They 48 Angus Murphy Cups as well. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Like it's unbelievable, the, the, their, their, their record. And when they get to finals, their, their, their strike rate uh, traditionally is good. But it, it's been a while since uh, since they've they've operated at this level and they've had some disappointing campaigns, but they've carried out great work through the age groups and they, they're also to, to beat Clare Galway College and emerging Clare Galway College. That was a really good win for for St. Charlotte's because uh, like obviously the I suppose the, the demographics of Galway uh, has altered really with with the amount of people, the volume of people living around Clare Galway and the yeah. fact that now you have a you have a large uh, a second level school there, so. The, like Charlotte's have, have had to deal with situations that previously they might have had more players from particular clubs etc so they they do deserve credit for for coming back to to, to, to operate at, at this level and it, like it should yeah. be a, an interesting game college's games are always good see I, I had hoped to get to, to, to the game against uh, Claire Galway just was un, unable to make it but you see the videos or the, the little clips where there's a big crowd good atmosphere sure it'll be the same uh, on, on Saturday uh, uh, afternoon at June Stadium because yeah. Charlotte's always bring that and it's, 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 it's important to have it but uh, no it's, it's, it's good for, for Galway football going forward because that is another area where uh, Galway had, had, had drifted a bit so so it's uh it's nice to see Charlotte's back uh, competing for for Connacht College's honours too. Yeah, because like even like you said, the bet and Clare Galway in the semi-final, but in the quarterfinals, they bet a very fancy St. Gerald's side from Castlebar who'd won the league earlier on that year and looked earlier on the year and looked to be pretty much a very a side that we're going for we're trying to go and try and win this competition. So it just shows the quality that they have that 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 Jared's side, and it's going to be an intriguing encounter in there. But before we we're going to move on to our last piece today. So this is a, a new piece we're going to try and start doing and featuring clubs and different things about clubs around the, the county in Galway. So can you want to tell us what we're going to hear up next? Yeah, no, it's something that uh, I I hope that we can expand over the coming uh, weeks and months. Uh, it's just it's just going to look at different aspects of, of clubs in 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 Galway. And this week I spoke with uh, uh, Dave Henry, a man who was given great uh, service to to St James's Club uh, in uh, Renmore and Merview. And he just he's currently compiling a book about the history of of, of Gaelic games in Merview and Renmore, and which eventually led to the to the creation or the the. The, the founding of, of St. James's GA Club and our, and St. James's Gaelic Football Club, really. And uh, it's, a, you know, it's a, a really interesting story how, uh, I suppose, Merview and Renmore competed against one another. They played uh, famously in a, in a county minor A final in, in, in 1990. Uh, and uh, maybe a number of years later, the, the, the clubs came together to, 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 to found St. James's. And it's just, uh, that's just about Dave uh, 
the, the, the book he's he's writing and his his involvement in the club and it's something that I, I hope that we can uh, we can like visit or talk to to various figures throughout all the clubs uh, around uh, around Galway City and County over the over the coming weeks and months and yeah no Dave had a, 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 as like as an in depth knowledge of uh, uh, of of the history involved uh, in 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 the club so yeah it was good to talk to Dave and we'll hear we'll hear that conversation now. Great to be joined on the line by a man synonymous with St. James's GA Club in Merview and Renmore, Dave Henry, chairman of the juvenile uh, part of the club, a man that gives tremendous service as PRO and as a, as a coach with numerous teams in, in the club. But Dave, you're busy too, currently writing a book about the history of when St. James's was formed. Um, yeah, I'm indeed uh, keen. Thanks for having me on. So yeah, um, a, new, um, a new piece of... Another job, should I say, for me to do, but uh, a job that I enjoy. Um, I suppose being uh, a secondary school teacher as well, too, and teaching history, it's kind of makes it a that bit more interesting for me. Um, but I took on the project a good few years ago, researching for a while I was in university. Kind of got the idea, I was looking through the archives, and this one day I kicked in into the archives into Murrow GA and Red Orgy and so much history was coming up. So kinda that spawned the idea really for me. Um but I never did anything with it with the research that I had gathered. I was just gathering research for maybe two or three years while I was in, in UIG and then when I graduated. Then, you know, the lockdown hit the the initial lockdown um and then I started writing the book. So you know, I'm at a point, a stage now where I have completed kind of the, the Murview section and I'm starting the Moore section and then the St. James's section. So there's three parts to the book, but a lot of research um, has gone into it because there's, there's so many different sections. So many stories too, uh, Dave. I'm sure if if you look back at the the history of Rain Moore and uh, of Murview, and they contested a a county minor final against one another in in 1990. That's just w- w- one of the aspects. But really, is a it's a rich and varied history there in, in both Rain Moore and Murview. Oh, it's 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 incredible the amount of history behind it because not alone is it just Gaelic football and covering like I'm covering hurling, camogie, ladies football. Um, rounders, the score, you know, there's so many different aspects of, of, of the GA that, you know, comes underneath the umbrella. Like, take for example, my own next door neighbor, Per Flannery here, Pat O'Connor, is her maiden name. And like, I interviewed her, she, uh, she played with, with Galway, a minor, and she won an All Ireland title. Uh, history that, you know, that most of people would, would know, but, you know, the hurling side of it as well too, you know, an awful lot of, of great hurlers in 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 Renmore and Marview, and you know, I suppose when the club kind of disbanded and became more predominantly football, a lot of those hurlers would have went to Castlegar, um, or the Meadows, and so you know, there's there's so much history behind that, you know, and the people that was helping out at the time, Conor Donovan, Vincent Shacklesey, Frank McGrath on the Marview side, and you know that. There's just so many people that, that, that did contribute. And as I said, I finished the Murview side of the book kind of nearly. So, you know, on the Remore side, I have a lot of interviews to do with an awful lot of people as well, too, on that. Um, the football um, would be the main focus of the book. And, um, you know, Murview won three, 
titles, adult titles in um, the 80s, uh, from junior B to senior, you know, and, and some fantastic achievements along the way. And, and listening to those stories from a lot of, uh, I interviewed a lot of players that would have represented the county um, that played on those teams, the likes of Albert Hardyman, um, and just... I won't go into too many names out because yeah. you know if I if, if I if I forget someone, but there's been so many people that I did interview um, that played on those significant teams that got Murray to, to senior at the time, and players that never you know played on that those teams. The likes of Brian O'Donnell, um, he had to transfer out of the club at the time because you know I know football wasn't up to the standard um, that was required for county at the time. You know, so Murray did lose players, but they did come back when they did become senior. So interesting side on the Marview side. Whereas yeah. Ren Moore um, started a bit later than, than Marview. Marview was kind of formed in 1965. Ren Moore came later in, in 1973. You know, and again, you know, they, they primarily they started off at Juvenile and, and, and adults then. Um, but a wide range of history there covering some players that did go on and play at the county. Uh, as you mentioned, there, King, you know, Ren Moore and Murphy contested the 1990 um, minor A county final. Like, and I know Alfie Howley was over the the, um, the Ren Moore team, and Mike O'Neill got rest of um, massive uh, Murphy, uh, Chum Stairs man originally, and uh, St. James and Stalwart, like, uh, he was over the, the Murphy team. And um, Murphy won it on the day, but fantastic players, but they were. You know, one of the disappointments really was St. James was informed at the time, you know, and a lot of those players, um, you know, I wouldn't say fell by the wayside, but, you know, there wasn't that much to play for them at adult level because I know Murphy were relegated from senior to intermediate and numbers were dwindling. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, Murphy more did emerge very good at juvenile which kind of set the backbone to St. James's when it did emerge in 1994 they won 216A county titles back to back I think it was in 05 or 06 um, or 04 or 05 I can't remember off the top of my head but, um, but yeah an awful lot of history King but that's for sure, and it's something you you mentioned there, Dave, that really is a pertinent point. The the likes of Albert Hardyman or Robin Doyle, who famously won an All Ireland medal in 1998, and Mark Kelly, a, a brilliant player for for uh, for St James's when he went back to St James's as it was, but also I uh, gave great service playing in the county final for uh, Oran Moore Murray. But in the I suppose intervening decades, Dave, since St James's has been there, at least all the players. The majority of players have been retained, and and that's I suppose illustrated perfectly by the fact that the club has been a solid senior outfit for 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 quite a number of years at this stage. Oh, it is of course. And you mentioned there, like like Robin Doyle, you know, he he um as well too had to transfer out of the club at the time, and you know there was we 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 prevented that um when we when we formed at St James's, and in fairness, like there was. I think there were three men individually that, that brought it together. Jimmy Newell, our current senior chairperson, Martin Crowley, uh, and Mike O'Neill, God rest them, you know. Um, and they did significant work to, to make the merger happen. Now, the, in the early days, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, there would have been, I suppose, like any club's merging, there would have been a resistance there at the time as well, too. Because, you know, I suppose Ray Moore were becoming quite a force of underage as well. 
um, whereas my view numbers were kind of dwindling a bit. Um, but nevertheless, they, they, they've seen the, the bigger picture, you know, adult level as well too, and the future of the club. And like I say, Jane is on, like what I epitomise today is, you know, it's it's a really attractive club to play football with, and there's a pathway there for players to play with counties. The likes of Paul Conroy, you know, recently retired, Johnny Dwayne, Owen Cannon, David O'Connell, John Egan, you know, and now the upcoming young lads that have represented minor level, Danny McNulty, Matthew Mulvaney, James Egan, Owen Finnerty, you know, Sam O'Neill. Um, there's, there's lots of players that we have now that are, that are, that are fed onto the, the Galway minor team and the Galway under 20 team. And it's just, it's great to see, you know, it really is. The, the work that's been carried out at underage level, vital for the club every Saturday morning, of course, uh, a great, great work carried out at the academy. But I suppose, Dave, for a while, when, when James initially uh, were pushing for inter, to, for the intermediate title and then when they when they went senior, perhaps at, at that time you were beginning to have the players you mentioned there, the Paul Conroys, Johnny Duans, Dave O'Connells, uh, etc., were, were delivering for, for St. James's. But in, in the intervening spell, maybe there was a bit of a, a lull at underage level for a while, but that's beginning to to, to pick up once again. Oh, there was, of course, like like in, like everything else, you know. St James were very successful initially, or sorry, in the not initially, but later in the years when they, when they won all the minor titles, they won three minor titles in the space of four years. You know, some some people would look at that as a good thing, and other, I suppose other people would view it as a bad thing uh, because you know where do all these players go? Um, you're obviously going to lose so many. And I suppose that's what did happen as well, too. We lost an awful lot of players. Um, but, uh, you know, there was an awful lot of success out of it when they won the first minor title in, in 2007. Um, and again, a lot of those players that for the first win a minor team would have had the first opportunity to establish themselves on the intermediate team at the time, you know. Um, but the likes of Mark Kelly, and you mentioned this man's name in particular, he he really kind of, when he came back, when he left our review, uh, he actually lived in one of the park where I live. And I know that Mike O'Neill used to drive him in and out for more and more when they moved out two or more and more for something like 10 years. But initially then when numbers dwelled in, in back in the day, uh, he transferred out to Ormond. But when he did come back, you know, he set a standard um, from his inter-county experiences as well, as well too. And he brought that professionalism to the setup. And I suppose the young lads around it then kind of fed into it. And, you know, he's a great, he was a great mentor to them. And James was so successful then in, in 2010 when they won the intermediate title. Unfortunately, we lost the All-Ireland. But nevertheless, you know, we've retained our senior status every year. And we have a comparable to young lads now coming through Whereas we didn't in, say, if you go back maybe five, six years ago, um, we kind of took our eye off the ball a small bit, but we have, um, we've improved our, our network from minor to um, senior level now. And our academy is, epitomizes that now. As you know yourself, King, your own young dad is down there, and, you know, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of GA people involved, and that's why I suppose St. James is kind of the club it is, because we have... GA people involved, uh, you know, that want to, want to progress the club. F- finally, Dave, just 
going forward, of course, the the project that you're undertaking, it's it's a it's a massive one. But as a as a St James's man, as as a as a person that's that's immersed in 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 the club, what, what would your your vision uh, be of? what changes can become over the next 10, 15, 20 years. Like, obviously, there's great work being carried out at underage level and everyone acknowledges that, but what, what, can, what do you see as happening in the future, what the club can aspire to, 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 to become? Um, well, I suppose, like any other club, you want to be ambitious. Like, and then there's no point in being in it just for fun and participation. I, I don't know, like, you know, um, you want to win. Um, so I suppose, like, yeah, like, to win a senior title would be, you know, I, I definitely retire happy if, if the club were able to achieve that. Um, so that would be a goal, like, you know. Obviously, that doesn't happen overnight, like, so it comes with hard work and, and dedication. So, you know, um, but we have an awful lot of good people involved, players and, and coaches. So, you know, to be competing at, at, at the top, you know, and with a bit of luck along the way, you never know what, what, might, what might happen in the future. And also for our ladies section, so they have, a, they have a, a fantastic section in the club, the ladies football there, you know, um, and some great people that have helped them progress along the way, you know, the likes of um, Birkin and Conlon and, you know, they've had plenty of managers as well too that, that brought the team from junior B up to intermediate status. So for them to get up to senior would be a huge, uh, a huge thing, you know, and to be competitive at that level. Um, but mainly then the, the main attraction for, for juvenile it's not about winning titles it's good to win but it's all about retaining the players and developing them and I suppose that's what we're doing and you know we've a player pathway for skills and we've a player pathway kind of for strength and conditioning as well too we've a great guy there in Needle too he's worked very closely with every team along the way and you know it's Fantastic, because if you know, you know yourself, Keen, the game is advanced. You know you have to be strong. You know you have to be athletic, especially when you when you graduate from minor into into adult level. It's it's become so professional for an amateur sport. One hundred percent, and no, we're delighted, uh, Dave, that you that you joined us on the show. We wish you well. We look forward to the to the Saturday mornings recommencing in, in March. That'll that'll the, the thought of those days keep us going uh, during the winter. So uh, keep up the good work, Dave, and best of luck with the book. And that was keen catching up with Dave Henry from St. James's. And as we were saying, like, you know, it's something we're going to try and look and expand on. So I suppose if anyone has any interest or interesting stories and think there might be something we should look into, that if they get in touch with you at coconnell at galwayadvertiser.ie, we might be able to touch base and, you know, work out something, sit down for a chat from one of the days. Yeah, no, that's that's the plan, Colm. Like, there's so, so many maybe untold stories, really, uh, in 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 Galway GA, and that's just where we're keen to we're keen to, I suppose, uh, uh, develop. Just just talking to to various uh, people that have been involved in their respective clubs uh, over the next while, because uh, there's there's lots happening. Lots has happened, and it's it's nice that uh, the people are, are afforded a platform to to to, to basically inform uh, others about. What, what has happened and or what is going on and it's just uh, I think it's just an, it's an important thing to, to to highlight the good work being carried out by, by clubs throughout the county and that's our show for this week folks thanks to everybody for listening make sure you like subscribe share and do all that stuff for us you know just we like to get the word out there and hopefully you've enjoyed the show we'll chat to you again next week Keen it's been a pleasure talking to you all things go at GA as per usual great to talk uh, hurling and football column as always and Kylian O'Connor somehow managed
managed to get the ball into the back of the net. It's Galway's day. They'll be celebrating here as the mass invasion of Galway fans, the maroon and white, swarms on to Croke Park. Big Keegan, goal! What a touch of Shane Walsh, and he has swung the ball over the bar.